Hey there, and welcome to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Hey everyone, I am AMD, the queen of sexy, uh, here to tell you about what is in today's episode. Okay, I had a chance to chat with Gemma Rose, an activist and sex worker slash stripper over in the UK. And she gave us a lot of insight on what is happening over there. I mean, I thought I had an idea of what was happening over there, but I guess I didn't because it sounds like a very conservative system um, that is trying to eradicate sex workers and sex work in the UK in general. Um, there's a lot of negativity towards sex workers on, and you know, I, what I've noticed in the US in the last couple of years and more so um, specifically in the last 12 months is that there seems to be more vocal and public support uh, surrounding sex workers, whereas it almost sounds like the complete opposite is happening in the UK and it sounds rather scary. So just in case also you missed it in the description, there is a trigger warning, um, you know, about a third of the way through this episode, um, there is a comment, uh, by a journalist that Gemma, uh, you know, tells us about, that is uh, violent towards sex workers. So there is a trigger warning there for that. Um, so if you uh, get triggered easily from hearing things like that, um, you have been warned. And also, uh, it's also not extremely violent. Uh, so just to kind of quell that, if that's something, it's not graphic, but it is a violent comment. So I just want to make sure that you're aware of that because I don't I know how easy it is to get triggered these days, and so uh, I've been uh, getting triggered left and right, and so I really, you know, it's really important to me and the producer of this show that uh, we um, let anybody be aware of those things because I know it's such a sensitive time, um, and not just now, but always, and that'll be the thing going forward. And so if you've ever experienced a time where you've been triggered by conversation on this show, uh, please feel free to write to us and, and let us know that so that we can be as aware as possible. Um, <clears throat> however, the a, a lot of the conversation was very lovely. Um, Gemma is so bubbly and so fun to talk to, and I really did learn a lot, and I hope that you will as well. So without further ado, here is Gemma Rose. Today's guest is a super fan, and I couldn't be more excited to have Gemma Rose with us. But just before we get into Gemma Rose, I just want to remind all of you lovely listeners out there that we are accepting donations now, so this can become a listener-funded podcast. So if you love this podcast, please consider donating because the money that you're sending in is actually going to be paid towards the guests who are mostly out-of-work strippers and also to yours truly. 
truly the host of this podcast who currently doesn't have a job either. <laughs> so please send in your donations to Yes, a Stripper podcast by going to our PayPal. It's paypal.me forward slash Yes, a Stripper podcast. Or you can visit our brand new beautiful website, Yes, a Stripper podcast.com. And thank you to those listeners who have been donating. I'd love to do a name shout out, but I'm unsure if you want that. So I will be following up to see if donors would like a shout out because I think that would be fun. Anyways, let's get over to our guest, Gemma Rose. Hello, darling. How are you today? Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. We're so excited to have you. Gemma, can you just tell our audience what your pronouns are? She and her. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that. Have you heard some people using her, she? No, I haven't. Is yeah. that a thing that people are doing as well? Uh, I've heard a few people do oh. it. Um, someone on our network team uses her, she, like the chocolate. And I just think that's really <laughs> cute. So... Yeah. I kind of want to change mine now to that because yeah. I love that. <laughs> I definitely want to give credit to uh, Kamadre's our our podcast on Period Podcast Network for inspiring that. So I just want to make sure that I give the credit for that. Anyways, it's hella cute. You should totally use it. Hershey. So Gemma, you're over there in England, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what part of England are you in? Tell us what's going on over there. So I'm from the south, I'm from Essex, but I'm living in the north, so Yorkshire, Okay. Um, and there's a lot going down right now. <laughs> I know, I've been looking at your yeah, Instagram like, posts. Um, yes, it's so stressful at the minute, I just can't believe, it's, it's kicking off over here, it's kicking off um, yeah, like all the, or just so many laws coming into effect and policies that are just so anti-sex worker and it's really frightening. So yeah. Yeah. Trying well, to do a lot of work to combat that. Yeah. So you consider yourself an activist, right? hundred percent. Yeah. I really, really pride myself on that work. It's hard, but it's so necessary. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. I know as, so I also have been a sex worker for 20 years and then I recently mm. became an activist and like both of those things, especially when done together, it can really burn a person out. Yes. It's so exhausting. I yeah. have like emotional burnout all the time. It's a lot. Um, I think I just have to keep on reminding myself a lot of people keep on telling me this and I am such the kind of person that wants to take on the world's problems all on my own little two shoulders and I know that I just can't do that as an individual and it's the collective effort that is going to drive change and that's so important it's you know it's a relay race and a marathon not an individual sprint exactly <laughs> I have yeah. to I have to keep on reminding myself that. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting that you say that because I feel and have felt similarly for a long time. And then, you know, I went really, really hard and just got totally burnt out um, and had to basically like hide in a bunker. Um, how, how do you sort of deal with not getting to that point? Like what would you tell other people who are also doing a lot of emotional labor in their job 
and then having to do free emotional labor and then having to deal with Mm. COVID and the world being a mess. Like, what would you say to someone, like how to properly self-care and like when to pause? I'm still really navigating this myself. Um, And I would love it if someone could tell me how to deal with it. Because I... (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I'm dealing with it that well at the minute. And I'm kind of trying to learn as I go along. Um, I'd say take time for yourself, but that would be really hypocritical of me to say that because I'm so bad at doing that myself. Mm. Um, I think think something that's helped me is talking to like-minded people that are fighting the same fight as you and just knowing that you're in the same boat and you're in this together with other people like trying to do this work on your own is too much mm-hmm. knowing that you're doing it with other people is really helpful but I'm I'm still trying to learn as I go along with this too I don't feel like I've been um doing this activism work for that long myself Mm. and so it's a it's a learning process yeah Yeah. well thank you for being so honest about that yeah um I would like a lesson in more (laughs) self-care as well so if you're listening to this podcast (laughs) yeah um so I I was hoping that we could talk about some of the issues that are happening over in the UK Mm. because as Americans we just don't know as much um thankfully Instagram helps us stay connected but shit man I need a break (laughs) from Instagram so you know uh so thankfully you're here and you can tell us in a different medium so there's a lot happening in Blackpool City but it looks like similar things are happening in Manchester and in Bristol Mm -hmm. is Blackpool City considered Mm -hmm. a part of Bristol or like because in Los Angeles for instance Hollywood is a part okay got it it's a different spot yeah, Blackpool is in the north and Bristol's mm. way down in the south. Got it. Um, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're two different parts, but they're being hit by similar problems mm. and other parts of the UK are um, kind of jumping on the bandwagon with a lot of the same ideas. So UK strip clubs have been under attack for years mm. now, for years and years and years. Um, so how it works in the UK is I believe it's every eight months a um, an area or a council has to renew. Um, sorry, if, if you're in if you're a strip club, you have to have a license to run that premises as a sexual entertainment venue. Mm -hmm. And every eight months you have to apply to renew that license. So a lot of debates around whether strip clubs should be a thing Mm. often come around every eight months or so. And it's these, they're called swerfs. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if people listening to your pop, yeah, pop, podcast. Well, we're just going to explain what that. that. Is. <laughs> Let, let's explain what a swerf is just in case someone's new listening to the podcast and they're not a sex worker. It stands for sex worker exclusionary radical feminist. So it means the feminist movement is very strongly against sex work. Um, and so, yeah, it sounds like you have a lot of swerfs over in England. So tell us like what they're up to, what's going on. 
It is so rampant. And obviously it's not feminism, is it? Because it's not inclusive of all exactly. women. Sorry. Right. It's it's like, oh, it's second wave feminism. Mm. Um, <laughs> and we're, we're on like the fourth wave now, I think. You know, <laughs> us, yeah, uh, us, 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 you know, strippers in the club over here. Um, so like, the swerfs come about every now and then and they, they don't think that strip clubs should be a thing. They think that... Um, people that work in strip clubs should be rescued from that line of work when we're just like, no, we just want our jobs and actually we want better rights in our workplaces, please and thank you. But they don't want to listen to this. And the latest thing that um, has got up these swerfs tight, tight butts (laughs) is um, they're using... So over here we had... um, Her name's Sarah Everard. She died at the hands of a police officer and Swerfs are using this murder to their advantage to say the strip clubs are what's causing men to be violent against women. Yeah, I I know, right? There's like no link. There is no evidence to back up this claim. The strip clubs, uh, men walk into strip clubs not violent and then they come out violent. There is nothing to suggest that that's what happens. But a police officer murdered her. So was the police officer corrupted by the strip club? Is that their their narrative? No, they're just... So this death, this murder, um, has sparked a lot of... I guess feminists come mm. forward and say we we want to feel safe in this world. We want to be able to go out on the streets at night and not come under attack by men. So it's kind of it's yes, it was a police officer that murdered this lady, but it's kind of come into a big movement of women wanting wanting freedom and right. um, standing against violence against women. Right. So. And the Swiss have capitalized off of this movement to say, hey, strip clubs are contributing to this problem. This is probably why you feel unsafe on the streets because we've got these spaces. And oh it's just like, whoa, God. yeah, I know. Oh I know. So they, they, the first place to be hit recently is Bristol. Right. Um, and you can look at the statistics around male violence against women and in the top 10 there isn't the strip clubs to be seen it's just like it's not there there's the evidence isn't there um and then Blackpool jumped on the bandwagon and now it looks like Manchester's going to get involved too and it's it's all under this guise to protect women and make the you know, the UK is safer place. And it's just like, no, you're not doing that. You're doing the opposite. Right. Are they talking to sex workers at all? Yeah. They and are. They don't, they don't care. They what have. Response so to you. Sorry. Mm, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's several responses um, that have come to light. So um, I, I just uh, trigger warning here, like, you know, Thank talking you. about violence against sex workers. Okay. Um, one journalist has, I'm just going to paraphrase and say that she said once sex work has been eradicated, um, sex workers should be shot for being colluding with that and being involved in that kind of work. 
Yeah. Um, so you've got that very extremist thoughts, like actually wanting sex workers to be punished for being involved, um, which is a lot. And then you've got other politicians and MPs coming forward saying they hear us, but they don't understand and they don't care. And they've heard our arguments. What's an MP? But- um, so it's a representative of a part of the UK. It's, they have they hold political power okay. um, in Parliament in in government. Okay. Um, so so they're yeah. saying we we hear you and we see you, but we think you're wrong and we don't care. That's yeah. what they're saying. Yeah, they don't. They you know we we're, <laughs> we're trying to get our arguments out there. We're trying to be heard, and some people have listened, but they have. they don't understand yeah they I just I've gone beyond the point of thinking that their ideology and their beliefs comes from a place of ignorance and wanting to help and I'm just like no they just want to see us burn they want they want to see this kind of work gone and they want us to see they want to see sex workers punished with that I can't think of any other logical way because if you explain what happens if you take the strip club away and if you put these sex workers out of work, bearing in, bearing in mind strip clubs are the only safe and legal sex worker space in the UK, it's so logical what's going to happen if you take that away from us. So the only rational explanation that is really left is they know this and they just want to see us harmed. And that is so horrible to kind of come to terms with that reality and that's what's happening and it's yeah it's it's a it's a lot it's a lot is there any politician or anyone in power on your side are there any allies in position of power some parties are starting to come forwards in support of us it's very it's I think it's because a lot of the arguments around shutting strip clubs or keeping them open it's it's not as simple as people think and it's quite complicated so we do need to talk about it and fortunately like we call them the green party in the uk they're like way way left they're like as left as you can get pretty much um the green party in bristol i believe they have come forward in support of strip clubs staying open however they don't have power because they are not elected at the minute i think so yes it's a voice and that's great and hopefully more people follow suit um but really we've not got a lot of power in politics and these places at the minute and And it's very frustrating yeah I hear that and thank you for sharing all this because I had no idea that it was on this level um what about the strip club managers and owners what do they have to say about it I mean they have money and they have connections what what are Mm. they doing to combat this issue it's interesting because the uh, Bristol strip club managers have been very, very vocal. Mm-hmm. Um, they've gone on the radio, they've gone on the news, they've been, you know, talking to the press. They've been doing a lot, um, and especially to try and, you know, um, destigmatize and take away the myth of the strip club and trying to set the record straight as to what goes on in these spaces and why they're important. So, 
Um, Bristol pubs have been a massive advocate um, for their spaces and for their workers, and that is brilliant. Um, I'm not, Blackpool's been silent as far as I can tell. And there's like at least four clubs in uh, Blackpool. And it's really interesting how how quiet it is there. Um, I think it's quite rare the amount that the Bristol clubs have been standing up, really. Um, yeah. it, it, there's been so many other clubs in the UK that have been shut down mm-hmm. because they've not been able to get their licences renewed. Mm-hmm. And in those cases, sometimes the managers have been vocal, other times they haven't. So, yeah. <laughs> what happens when they get shut down? Does everything go away or do they, uh, forgive me for wanting to speculate a little bit, but mm-hmm. do does it push that work further underground when that happens? Uh, the, the latter. That's, that's exactly what I'm what concerned happens. about. And yeah. there's less regulation and there's less people watching them and there's less for them to be accountable for. Yes. Got it. And this is going to get even worse because of the Nordic model coming in. It's all connected. And this is like such an anti-sex worker model Mm -hmm. um, that's going to be implemented in the UK. I believe you have it in, no, it's not Vegas. I think you have it in New York. I think that they're, um, and forgive me listeners if I'm getting this wrong, but I believe that they're in the process of introducing it. And we we are trying to not have that introduced because we Mm -hmm. know that it's been such a shit show for you all over there and we've learned um can you explain to people what just in case they don't understand or don't know what the nordic model is and like what has changed and what has resulted from that decision so the nordic model criminalizes the client the aim of the nordic model is to reduce sex work um hopefully to non-existent according to the people that are trying to put these laws in they just want to try and reduce that type of work but this doesn't work (laughs) it um actually where, where you've seen it implemented in other parts of the world it doesn't reduce the amount of sex work happening and actually it increases violence against sex workers so it has an incredibly negative effect on sex workers because this law policy criminalizes the client, they are less likely to give out information. Therefore, sex workers can't vet their clients properly. Um, it's just going to be really even more difficult to get authorities involved if sex workers need help. They're just open to so much more abuse and it, yeah, it's 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 bad. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, but they're also like, we're trying to help you. This is helping sex workers, right? Like that's how they're trying to sell it. Like they're doing something good for sex workers, so just shut up and leave us alone, kind of thing. Yeah, they're selling it as um, again, it's this savior complex. They're trying to get us out of this line of work because you don't really want that with your life do you but we're not really going to give you any other options with this once we've got you out of that line of work and it's going to be really hard for you to find anything else but sorry that's the way it is that that's basically the the what what happens um so this yeah this whole model is like based on exit strategy so trying to get sex workers out 
of that line of work and into a more socially acceptable job. Mm. Um, but the programs which are in place to try and help facilitate that are really inefficient and they're not helpful. Um, and that's for those that do, because obviously if people want to get out of sex work, that should totally be a thing that society should be helping sex workers do. But I think they're totally disregarding those that want to be in the industry and love their jobs and wouldn't want to do anything else. Mm. It's like, how could you possibly want to be a sex worker? It's like, well, there's quite a few of us actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if someone, so because I've noticed that you said, oh, if someone wants to get out of sex work, then then other people should help them. Is So in the States, like if I wanted to do something else and I'm a known sex worker, like that wouldn't really necessarily be too much of an issue for me mm-hmm. unless I wanted to work with kids and then it would definitely be an issue. I would definitely not be able to do that. Yeah. But there's a lot of opportunity for me here mm-hmm. Um, also I'd like to acknowledge my privilege as also another reason why there's a lot of opportunity for me here, but as, but it wouldn't be, oh, you've been a sex worker. Like we're not going to hire you because of that. Like that wouldn't necessarily happen all across the board in, Mm -hmm. in certain, certain things, maybe. Yeah. But like I could get a waitress job or I could get um, uh, probably a sales associate job or if I wanted to do those things, which there's nothing wrong with those things. I just don't want to do those things. Um, <laughs> but but it sounds like maybe over in the UK, based on what you're saying, and I just want to make sure it's landing, that I'm receiving it correctly, that if you wanted to do another job after several years of sex work, would that be really difficult for you? Yeah, massively. And especially if you have any kind of online imprint, Mm -hmm. um, most companies won't hire you off the basis of that. It's Mm. like massive discrimination against uh, Mm. sex workers Mm. over here. Like, even though I'm, I have a degree and I'm, I'm very privileged in a lot of ways um, because of my involvement in sex work, it would be really difficult for me right. to find another job yeah not that I'd want to but right. yeah <laughs> it would be it'd be really really difficult I had a I had a friend um the she she maybe did like a month of OnlyFans and mm. I know she went to a job interview um for like a carer position and they just sat there like if you do you, what do you do online basically if you've done it like it, it was like they knew that she was a part of something and she's like I'm not a part of anything and she had to shut down her accounts right away just in case they came running and they have companies have the same problems with pole dancers as well actually um a lot of come yeah I, they won't hire pole dancers I, not necessarily but uh-huh. they don't a lot of companies a lot of businesses don't like it it's just a general stigma mm. around it and I know that I've had friends in like normal jobs that have been criticized and almost told can you can you like not post this stuff and mm. some people that ha- have to put their account accounts like locked down on private Um, in case work finds it and they'd be punished for that there's fear around that yeah I I know there is bad over here (laughs) yeah there there was a news story that came out a few months ago out here where a woman who um was um an auto mechanic uh joined OnlyFans 
and her coworkers like basically <clears throat> gave her a hard time, like teased her or whatever and, and got really inappropriate with her. Mm-hmm. And when it was a national news story, everyone was outraged at the company and at the car place and in support of her to the point where like Yelp reviews on this particular um, car shop, it was one of the, like the name brands. Um, people were like writing shitty Yelp reviews and like yeah. really going after this company. And so, like I said, it it's not a monolith of, yeah, we're all like me and we all have all this opportunity that it does really vary, but it's definitely not on the scale that you're talking about, at least not in my experience or those that I'm very close to. Um, there is discrimination that happens in the United yeah. States. So I want to acknowledge that, but not like what I'm hearing here. Like, yeah, that's intense. Yeah, there was this really severe case. I'm just thinking now, I remember something that popped up in the press that was a really big thing. I can't remember what um, sector or what kind of company it was, but um, a bunch of male colleagues found a female colleague's OnlyFans and her porn. They watched it in work and she was the one that got fired. And that happened in the UK? Yeah. 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 And it's just like, it, r- really? You, yeah. Um, and you're not going to reprimand the male colleagues. And it it's all about her. She's the one that's the problem. Yeah. I, okay. Right. I mean, I've heard stories like that before, though. That's like a global thing where it's all the women's fault. You know, it's all the... <laughs> Always. Yeah, it's, yeah. <clears throat> we're, we're the problem. Ugh. It makes my head spin. <laughs> Jesus. So, yeah. wow, that is a lot. Take so, a breath. <laughs> yeah, like, so what do we do? So what do we do to help the UK uh, sex workers in these issues? Like, what do we do? There's a bunch of petitions going uh-huh. around right now. Um, if you want to find them, they're all in my bio on Instagram, uh-huh. on my link tree. Um, so there's a petition for Bristol. There's a petition for Blackpool. And there's a petition for the Nordic model. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, me, along with quite a lot of other individuals and um, the East London Stripper Collective, um, and, uh, and the other other unions and stuff, we're working really hard to try and find the best route to combat this. Because mm-hmm. I don't, you can't really stop people from. Um, we're not going to stop the swerfs. Basically, we're not right. going to stop them thinking what they're thinking. They've made up their mind on the subject, but it's very clear that our side of the story and the way that we feel and think very much isn't getting equal representation Mm -hmm. in the media. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're really trying to, (laughs) yeah, well, as as always, right? Sorry, the media freaks me out over in the UK. The media freaks me out over there. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yell about it, but. You can yell. It's. Get, yes, get get mad. <laughs> I, mean, I thought the media here in America was bad, but the UK, like, the, I don't even know how to describe what I've seen. The UK media, how they behave. I mean, the BBC can be trusted, right? BBC is iffy. Mm, mm, mm. okay. Sometimes it's mostly like that. If you're going to go to a source 
that's probably the the best out of the bunch mm-hmm. but um there's always some kind of censorship and sure. a twisted motive involved okay. really I guess trust is the wrong word uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't no, think I meant it, that <laughs> <laughs> we can't trust any media no. really um yeah. It's it's probably the the best out of the bunch. It's the best source that we can go to, really. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's very very frustrating. But you know, the petitions do help. If okay. if anything, they raise awareness, and okay. that's really good. So um, okay. if if all the listeners could sign those, yes. it literally takes less than a minute. Yes. Okay. Uh, so yeah. All right. All right, everyone, go and sign those petitions all of them and we'll give Gemma's handles at the end of this episode. Um, or you can say it right now really quick in case someone like is listening halfway and then they're taking a pause. Tell us your handle right now so they can find you. At Gemma Rose Pole. Perfect. Thank That's you. My name. Yes. So one of the things I wanted to ask you was, you know, you recently did a Q&A on your Instagram about um, the like myths and falsehoods of the UK, like being a UK stripper. And one of the things was, um, do you feel safe at work? Um, and your response was, well, management makes us feel unsafe. I feel like we covered that a little bit just now, but you know, I guess, so I want to know a little bit more about that. And then my main question is like, does management know that you speak out against them? (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of like naughty school children uh, you know playing behind the teacher um so yeah I've had some pretty rough experiences with management I've rarely felt unsafe with clients and I can I can firmly say in all of my experiences I feel safer in the club than I do in uh, like when I, I worked in McDonald's, I feel I felt I feel safer in the club than when I worked in McDonald's as a, as a civ job. Um, and, you know, we're we're open as women. We're open to abuse in any kind of workplace. But I genuinely feel so much more protected in the strip club because I have the power over the client always. But when the manager there you know that's a totally different power structure and when your job is at stake um it's totally different odds and uh I I know I've been from my conversations with other strippers in the UK I think I've been pretty unlucky in my experiences I mean there's always some kind of favoritism and hierarchy in you know dancers um but I've had cases where I've heard or been involved in harassment and abuse from Mm. management and Mm. that's made me feel so unsafe because you know they're the people that are supposed to be protecting me Mm -hmm. um so that's been pretty shit (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, I'm thinking just all these like visions of times that I felt unsafe with managers or other staff of the strip club just like flashed through my head. Um, And yeah, I don't think people really understand that just men in general, no matter who they are, uh, like what, what status they hold, I mean, are just dangerous to us in general. Always. Always. Um, especially men in power positions over 
you know, non-male, other non-males, mm-hmm. basically. I, I want to be yeah. inclusive because it's not just women that no, they're no, threatening no. to. Yeah. So, wow. But so, so do they, I'm sorry. So I just want to make sure that we answer the question. Do they know that you oh. like, call them out and stuff? <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, no, because I, I mean, I assume there are some strippers that have made it known to their bosses, but they're not to be seen. And that's probably because the managers kicked them out. Um, right. If we, if they knew we were speaking out against them or, you know, like, if I were to speak out against my club manager, um, then I probably wouldn't have a job to go back to. But, yeah, you know, we, we uh, unfortunately, um, my local strip club has got shut down. Um, my bad, my super bad experience was with a totally different other club. So I'm happy to speak out about my shitty experience with strip club management. But, you know, if um, as a dancer, you've had experiences with management, but you still belong to that club, that that's really tricky to try and speak out at the risk of, uh, at the chance of losing your job. Um, or even if it's like, the smaller things like you don't get the shift that you want or everyone else gets to go home early but you don't um so it's it's things like that on 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 both scales of of the you know of the thing um right right. but yeah we talk we talk about it in in the the union and we Mm -hmm. talk about it amongst each other right um but yeah, I don't I don't think they quite know how much we bitch about them behind their back. I'm surprised they're not checking your accounts. Yeah, I mean yeah. I'm mean, oh, sorry, yeah. knock on wood, my gosh. But yeah, like that's know, something right? that happens here in America. They do check up on the dancers and see what they're saying and see wow. if they're fighting for their rights. Yeah. I mean, to be mm-hmm. fair, all the stuff that I, you know, I I post all my stuff under an, a different name than they probably know me as okay so okay mind you they could probably still find it quite easily you're right. quite right yeah that's really interesting I'll have to consider that more going forwards when I find another club to work at mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah because they I don't know like some of the clubs here in the states are requiring like you know let us see your Instagram account like what's your Instagram handle and like that'll be considered in the hiring process in some clubs. Oh Mm -hmm. interesting Mm -hmm. okay. And I don't know for exactly why I think some clubs because some clubs in the states are requiring their dancers to do promotion on their Instagram so they probably like want like I mean yeah a free free promotion it's not yeah really that's, fair, but yeah no, I, I understand why they would <laughs> yeah, want yeah, it, but yeah yeah free labor is never okay <laughs> yeah but I think that they're um that I think that they some other management is also looking at it uh because you know we know of instances where people have lost their job uh and there's no real explanation yes. why and yeah. the only thing they can think of is like well I post like hella shit about my rights on my account and so that's going to be uh that's a union busting tactic even though they're not attempting to unionize but so they're like nipping it in the bud right away so yeah just something to be aware of because they're thank you they're yeah gnarly. you're right yeah yeah you're so right you're so right and I hadn't even really thought about it that much like that but yeah I don't yeah. I don't mean oh to freak gosh. you out or anything no but no, no in today's <laughs> digital age you know yeah, no, use you're, anything you're, against us. 
That's it. Fucking sucks that we can't mm. just speak openly about our rights and that these managers don't care enough to improve their spaces because I think they just see us as disposable. Right. There's a million other dancers waiting, thirsting to get in the doors. So, you know, we're very expendable as a workforce. Yeah. And I think a lot of managers don't care to improve the situation or make things better and nicer for us. And that that's just, it's it's so shit. It's so shit because of that. I know. I'm so sorry mm. that you all are dealing with that. That's just next level. That's next level. And I, I really hope that um, there's something that we as Americans can do to help. But it's like, other than signing petitions, like, what else is there that we could do? You know, like, I live in one state, but I could mm-hmm. mail or email somebody in another state, like a politician in another yeah. state. But I've not considered writing to the prime minister of the UK, <laughs> you know, you, like you, if you if you really wanted to, you could write to the British, sorry, British Council, to the um, Bristol Council mm-hmm. and Blackpool Council. Okay. Um, normally, as a UK citizen, if you have a problem with something coming into um, UK law and policy, like the Nordic model, um, then I would write to my MP. Uh-huh. for example but you know as as an american you wouldn't have an mp because you don't have right. a constituency um uh-huh. so you you can write to the various councils in the uk like the bristol council and the blackpool blackpool council to say why these spaces are important okay. um which is is super super helpful and there's templates out there from um a variety of sex workers Okay. Um, if if anybody wants those, please drop me a message and I can facilitate that. Is that um, something that the East London Stripper Collective would also have templates maybe on their website? I don't think yeah. that they do, but okay. I know um, various dancers that that do, um, and I can I can send those forwards. Um, okay. Which you know that's easier than writing something yourself. So again, it doesn't take up that much time, and that mm. is really useful. Okay. Um, but yeah, know. other other than that, I mean, like you know, you you've got your own problems over well, there. Well, I'm doing well. that thing that we talked about in the beginning of the show, where we have to fix everything, right? Yeah, <laughs> we have to have to fix everything. <laughs> I'm over um, here, like, what you- do I do? <laughs> I know because it is so frustrating and I know that you feel my pain and I know a lot of listeners will feel my pain as well and our pain over here in the UK but you know you've got your shit to deal with over there in the US too and you know the more us little worker bees the more that we work on our own things you know hopefully that will bring about collective destigmatization and decriminalization and all of those wonderful things that we want Um, so yeah (laughs) thank you for bringing me back down from my (laughs) crazy cloud thank you (laughs) it's hard to come back down from that place I understand (laughs) I'm enraged um so let's talk about something fun I saw um a t-shirt of a thing on it called the kraken so we must Talk about the Kraken. You have to tell everyone what is the Kraken? What does it look like? <laughs> Explain, please. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited about this. So I 
as a little little like side business i decided to start my own line of merch which is really exciting and my first piece in that is the kraken yeah so hold it up for us and then we're going to describe it for uh our listeners who aren't able to uh see it okay so it looks like a woman with octopus so her legs are spread and she's got legs but then they turn into octopus tentacles and the same for her arms and then her vagina is actually a really crazy mouth with like scary teeth that look like you know that fish that really scary fish that lives deep 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 in the ocean that's what the the teeth look like like just crazy sharp lots of big big fang teeth okay very cool yeah, so yeah, I so, I love this so much. Yeah, um, I don't I don't know if she's a she or a they or even a he. Okay. I think I think they're kind of. I the whole point of this shirt is to bring about more inclusive gender language into the classroom environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this move there's this floor work move called vagina monster mm-hmm. um i'm i'm 100 percent sure that came from the strip clubs <laughs> the move um, itself yes yeah yeah it's mm-hmm. a wonderful move um but you know in a classroom environment this isn't inclusive of everyone not everyone has a vagina oh um, okay yeah it's beautiful so yes. you know it's really important to bring about these more inclusive terms especially in a classroom environment to make everyone you know feel comfortable and included Mm -hmm. um and one of my um at my studio another instructor said that she called it the kraken Mm -hmm. which you know it's it's it conjures up similar ideas as vagina monster but like even more um powerful Mm -hmm. and like scary almost mm-hmm. um and obviously you know it's it's genderless mm-hmm. um so it's you know it's more inclusive of everyone so okay can you hold it up um, again because yeah. I originally yeah. said woman but I'm glad that you like said all of that and you're right it is not clear what no. gender we are looking at now that I look closer um there are They're like quite femme right but- it is and there's a like pasties on it but the breasts aren't necessarily quite large or not very defined so yeah and so question who yeah who drew that uh banana illustrations okay they were she sorry so she she was fantastic um uh, when I was describing it to her she was just like you want what now (laughs) (laughs) and I sent her a video of me doing the move doing Mm -hmm. the 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 kraken Mm -hmm. and she was like okay and I said that I wanted like these crazy legs and I wanted her to be like well her they whatever I I wanted the monster to be like sexy but scary Mm -hmm. and um she was just like okay yeah yeah um and it was hilarious because she came back to me um with like she actually drew a vagina at first Mm. and I was like that's that's totally not the point of what I'm trying to do here um it's beautiful but I right. don't want it to be a vagina. I just want it to be a hole that eats things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and she was like, okay. And she drew um, the face really pretty as well. I said, it needs to be scarier. I said, like, I want it to be like teeth. And she's like, okay. <laughs> I 
it's just like this Gemma girl is totally off her <laughs> rocker she's weird as and yeah she came back to me with like a few more designs yeah um and she said I haven't included the last one because I thought it was too scary and she sent me that I was like that's the one that's, that's what I want that's yeah. it and it's got um a little hashtag harpoon me at the yeah. bottom yeah, I love <laughs> um, it. yeah so I'm yeah. really, really proud of that. And I'm starting my little sexy sea monster club. And uh, it's so exciting. And I hope that this inspires and encourages more people in the pole industry to be more gender inclusive or just inclusive in general with their language yeah. and working together to find other alternatives like vagina monster to kraken because there's right. so many um gendered terms that we have that aren't inclusive of everyone so right. yeah thank you for that that's really lovely and yeah. just so listeners know if you're not um a stripper or a pole dancer the move that we're talking about is when um someone is sitting on their butt with their hands behind them and the legs are spread open in a wide v and they walk forward on their ass while <laughs> stretching their legs out in front of them um and your head and chest is up so you're all very visible and you're just literally walking across the floor but on your ass with your legs wide open and it's uh it's one of my ultimate favorites to do so it's the best yes I love I love that move so much it's so like exposing and intimidating and it's like you're gonna eat them in the audience and I fucking love it yeah (laughs) it's incredible wow amazing work I can't wait to get a Kraken t-shirt very excited (gasps) Are yeah. you going to get one? I would love to get one. Oh, yes. my gosh. Oh, my I gosh. I would be honored. <laughs> yeah. I would love to get one and wear one on the show. So that would be fun. Thank you. Yes, I love wearing shirts and things that say stuff. This is an old design that oh. I created. It was the beginning of a, a design for a while. It says pole with a heart in it. It was back when I was obsessed with pole dancing, which I'm not as much anymore. Now I'm obsessed with strippers. Um, <laughs> forever and ever and ever <laughs> so yes want to be fabulous just like these strippers pay attention it's stripper tips so my stripper tip is for well it could be applied to everyone in life really but especially for strippers and especially especially for baby strippers Um, And my tip is to establish and respect your boundaries. So especially working in a club environment, it can be very tempting, whether that's, um, you know, a customer asking for a particular service and they're offering all kinds of money. But, you know, if you do that, you might regret it later and not feel so good. Like it might feel good in the moment, but you know, afterwards you might feel pretty shitty about yourself and about that situation. Um, so yeah, I, it, some people definitely, um, might find that and establish their boundaries as they work the job. Um, but for me, it was really helpful to just, you know, set my boundaries right from the get go um and be really clear on that and stick to that in order to protect myself and protect my sanity Mm. and my mental health Mm. um so yeah that's my stripper tip (laughs) lovely thank you very important stuff 
Get ready for our rapid-fire question round. It's time for four for one. If you opened a strip club, what would you name it? <gasps> oh, God. Uh- um, Divine Divas. I don't know. <laughs> oh, good job. If you could turn any type of flat shoes in the world into heels, what type of shoe would it be? Crocs, because fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen an image. I was wondering if you were going to choose Crocs. I've seen an image of Crocs as heels before. I have seen that. I don't know if it was real or photoshopped, but I have seen that image before. You have to send that to me. I'll have to look for it. Yeah. Okay. What glamping item would you just have to have with you on a camping trip? Vibrator. A vibrator. Okay. That's a glamping item. Okay. I don't know. Maybe. I don't really glam. (laughs) All right. Last one. Have you ever imagined wrestling for your life with a large animal like a bear or a tiger? And if so... Did you somehow win that fight? No. Never imagined. No, 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 maybe like a duck. I'm You've imagined wrestling a duck? Yeah, I'm obsessed with ducks. So (laughs) ducks are assholes. (laughs) They are very cute, but they're fucking assholes. They rape the female ducks. It's like, actually, yeah, that is pretty harrowing, I must admit. But yeah, yeah. they are very cute, though. They are. They very are so cute. cute. They, they are. are so cute. Let's just forget about the whole rapey element. It's to really ducks hard to forget and... about that. I can't believe you imagine wrestling ducks. That is hilarious. Okay, good job. <laughs> All right, everyone, before we close up, I just want to give you a quick reminder that we love donations because donations are going to go pay our future guests and retroactively our past guests. So if you love this show, please consider sending a donation to paypal.me forward slash yes, a stripper podcast, or you can visit our beautiful new website designed by me at yes a stripper podcast.com Gemma you're gonna have to tell everyone where we can find you so we can people can follow up on all this info that we just went over today yes you can find me over on Instagram at Gemma Rose Pole trying to use Twitter under the same username but that's not going so well um I'm on Facebook too under Gemma Rose um and you can also find me on OnlyFans too and I have a buy me a coffee where you can buy some dance class recordings and that is all on my Instagram I I won't bore you with the URLs of that (laughs) and you can just you know hit hit my link in the bio there it's all there for you (laughs) perfect thank you so much I'm so excited for all the work that you're doing and I can't wait to sign all of those petitions myself so thank you so much for letting us know what's going on because I'm sure there's other people that want to help as well Thank you so much. Yeah, it's really important to spread the word and I hope that um, people feel inspired to help. I'm sure they will. So you've heard that. There's some action items for you from this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in as always. We love our listeners and I hope you're having a great week out there. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. This episode has been a production with Period Podcast Network. 
Find out more on Instagram at period podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram too at yes, a stripper podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at yes, a stripper pod. Please like subscribe and rate. Yes. A stripper podcast here on YouTube. See you next week.